Hey, good looking. Why's a nice boy like you listening to a podcast like this? Take this down, hot stuff. Record Rangers is part of the Daily Record Podcast Network. Subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by the Daily Record digital sports writer Mark McDougall. On the pod today, the Celtic, SPFL, SFA, EBT debacle of the last few days. We go into the detail of that. I'll look back to the excellent performance from Rangers against Dundee at the weekend and we discuss how the under-20s are progressing with their radical new schedule after last night's 2-1 defeat against Brighton. Mark... The SPL, the SFA, EBTs, what's your take? Well, firstly, I'll try not to fall asleep during it because it's just become so boring over the last couple of months. It's time to move on and focus on the Scottish game. But I think the fact that Neil Doncaster has written to the SFA as part of the SPFL with clearly at least two, like three clubs not interested in a review with Aberdeen and Hibs both coming out and saying that they don't want to review. Rangers clearly don't want to review. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you have to ask who gave Doncaster the authority to write that letter to the SFA, and also if clubs are against it, if clubs want the review, then it's time for them to say that they want to review. But it's just it's became oh, it's mind numbing at this stage, and it's it's turning people off Scottish football. I think. I think there's an online bubble who are madly passionate about this issue, who feel really, really strongly about it, and they're entitled to feel that way. But my big question about this is, does the average fan on the street, the pain punter who goes to Scottish football, who isn't in that Twitter bubble, does he care about going down this route again, going back over legal advice, debating legal advice, and spending the money that could have otherwise been spent on youth structures and developing our players properly at the SFA and spending that on a lengthy, expensive, wide-ranging review. The SFA, by by their own admission, have already changed a lot of their structures. They've had the Henry McLeish um, review and they've they've changed hundreds of their uh, articles on the back of that. So I just wonder where the appetite is in the rest of the Scottish game beyond this bubble. Yeah, 100%. Like, I've got friends who are fans of Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, you name it. And I can honestly say that I don't think any of them are interested in continuing this. Obviously, they're not entirely happy with what happened, but it's got to a stage now where you've just got to move on. I think Hibs' statement was spot on when they came out and said about it. They said, I was a proud man. <laughs> they came out and said, we can waste more money chasing this against legal advice or we can focus on improving our game. And that's exactly what needs to happen, is just focus on improving Scottish football instead of looking back over the last 15 years continually. It's just constant EBT scandal, constant EBT scandal. And it's just, it's time to move on. As, as I said, I think fans of the vast majority of clubs aren't interested in it anymore. Isn't it just, as well, it's it's not just that it's going to cost an extraordinary amount of, amount of money. I mean, to hire a QC is not... Uh, a cheap uh, undertaking it's also what is it going to achieve we had the highest law lord in the land give his opinion and it was pulled apart 
over a period of time by uh, a group of people on the internet. And um, now you have a situation where you have bloggers who haven't had the legal experience, who haven't had the, the education and training picking apart this guy's opinion, which they're entitled to do. But because that's happening to me, it does underline the fact that it doesn't matter who does one of these reviews. It doesn't matter what they come up with. At the end of the day, you're still going to have two sides who wildly disagree, and, and it doesn't achieve anything. Yeah, I think there are people involved in this that just... They don't, they don't want an independent review. They want Rangers titles to be stripped, and that's if, if that doesn't happen, they'll push for another independent review, and we'll just keep going for the next fifty years before anything happens. Playing devil's advocate, though, if one of those guys was in here, they would say it's not about Rangers titles being stripped. They would say it's about Scottish football administration and making sure it's clean and transparent. Personally, though, while I, I take on board that point, and I would normally be very much a guy who likes to see that kind of transparency and being a pragmatist, being a realist it's not dealing with reality to not see that the end game ultimately for a lot of these people is to end with title stripping of some sort. Oh, definitely I mean I think anyone would agree that Stuart Regan and Neil Doncaster maybe haven't done the best of jobs over the last few years and maybe it is time for a change in the review into what they've done and all the rest of it but if people really believe that the vast majority of the people that want this are looking to improve Scottish football rather than just continue to kick Rangers, which, to be fair, a lot of what they've been punished for is deserved, but it's done. It's in the past they've been punished for it, fans have been punished for it, fans have had years of trouble, so I think it's just time to move on now, focus on, like I've said, focus on improving the game and just get past the whole EBT scandal and learn from it and build for the future. Absolutely. So moving on to an excellent Rangers performance against Dundee, what was your general take on the game? Uh, Rangers dominated that performance for 90 minutes. They were excellent from start to finish. Uh, the new boys are really starting to impress, especially Daniel Condéas on the right and Alfredo Morales up front. The two of them have been brilliant so far. Uh, 1.6 million for the two of them seems like an absolute bargain at this, in this market when we're seeing the kind of money going down south exactly and you look at them and it crosses that Candace puts into the box and 95% of them land to a player so well, that's probably not factual but <laughs> I think he's one of those players he, when he puts a ball in well it is a, be- a thing of beauty yeah. it's incredible but he, he puts so many balls into the box he's such a an aggressive crosser yeah. that occasionally yes um, you get a bit of a mixed bag result but yeah. I think I heard somebody say the other day that well if he, if he was given the kind of delivery he's capable of every time he wouldn't be at Rangers exactly. he would be at the, in the top four in the, in the Premier League down in England um, I heard someone say that he's also that he's a, a bit of a budget Beckham and I think that's that's kind of spot on um, because he's a bit of a throwback in that he's, he's, he's not pacey enough to be a right winger on a 4-3-3 uh, I think he can play there, but yeah. I think his natural position is on the right in a four-four-two because he gets up and down. He's very industrious. He's good in de- from a defensive point of view. And as I say, I don't think I've seen anyone at Rangers in the last ten years who is such a committed crosser of the ball in terms of just always want to whip it in. Yeah, I can't remember the last time Rangers had a winger like him at all. Probably Neil McCann's the last out-and-out winger that Rangers have had yeah. that gets to the byline, crosses the ball, and. Candace is a throwback that was obviously not Neil McCann but yeah. he's been his deliveries into the box he's hard working he's 
no, he's been really impressive so far. And then his assist for Morelos' his first goal of the weekend was absolutely beautiful. We flicked around the corner. That was one of the best team goals we've seen at Rangers for a long time. Yeah. And probably Pedro Cusina watching that would be thinking, this is starting to feel like it's, things are clicking in terms of the way he's wanting his team to play. It was all the elements, fast moving, nice quick touches, moving players around the pitch and, and opening up a defence. Yeah, Cassini's had to deal with a lot of criticism so far this season. A lot of it deserved, obviously after the progress game, after the Hibs defeat, Hearts draw, but he's still only three points behind Celtic right now, which Rangers fans would have bitten your hand off of that at the start of the season going into next week's game. Obviously if they managed to continue their good form against Partick Thistle on Friday. Yeah, they can, uh, I think they can top the league if they win 4-0 because that would put them ahead of Celtic in terms of goals scored, yeah. although they'd be equal on goal difference. So, I mean, that would be that would be a, a fairly striking statement if that was to happen. Yeah, it might only be for 24 hours, but it's, it's been a while since Rangers were top of the league and if they manage to get that 4-0 win against Partick Thistle, which is a difficult place to go for, we've seen that last season, it needed two very late goals in both games yeah. to get anything out of it. Uh, so if they managed to do that, it would be a huge marker for Pedro Cicinha and huge success for him so far. Are you getting a sense that these players that he's brought in are now starting to bed in a bit more? I mean, for example, you've got Alves at the back. I hear he's now starting to get his family brought out, brought over. He's had his Bentley delivered. <laughs> um, you're starting to see these guys settle in a bit more. And I thought Pedro Cicinha was really interesting when he was talking about the adjustments you have to make at today's press conference. He was talking about for the Mexicans being used to playing on very dry pitches. So because of the the, the weather over there, and um, he, he used the, t- the term wet pitches. And to be fair, it's not really been raining like it can here on the West Coast in the games that Rangers have played. However, I do think the grass is going to be very different for the Mexicans just generally. And he's talking about the food and playing against the low block, which is what teams always do. They always sit very deep against Rangers, especially at Ibrox, with the exception, obviously, of Celtic and maybe Aberdeen. And then the fact that he's changed the the training structure. So for the UK players, this idea of you don't get a day off in the middle of the week, which is kind of traditional amongst UK coaches, Pedro Cusina's come in and said, no, that's with this tactical periodisation system that he's brought in, it's about having a longer week. And, and that's an adaptation for the likes of Dorans and people like that coming in. So I thought it was really interesting to go into that because I get a sense watching the team, especially on Saturday, I thought it was the best performance of the season so far, that these guys, in a lot of ways, are fitting in, are beginning to settle. Yeah, definitely. You can see that the players are settling, even the likes of Carlos Pena, who's been also struggled to get any game time. He looked very good when he came off the bench on Saturday. He was getting into the box, he scored his goal, obviously, he was knocking the ball about a bit better, whereas before this, he looked like he was really struggling to get involved, he couldn't adapt to the style. But I think now, players like him, Morelos, as we said before, Alves... Cardoso's starting to look a lot better as well at the back. They're all starting to settle in and it looks good. They're gelling together as well. I mean, seeing the pass in the first half from West Fodrium to Candias out in the right and it was, it was an absolutely superb pass. That's the ultimate answer to people that talk about because I hear it quite often. People say, West Fodrium, he's not great with the ball at his feet. But I think people who've seen a lot of Rangers and let me say, Mark, you've slaughtered <laughs> me a few times for things I've said about West Fodrium in the past. But one thing I would, I would say about Fodrium is... He is very good for a British goalkeeper with the ball at his feet. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, his, his distribution's brilliant. I think he got criticised a wee bit because of how Mark Warburton wanted to play last season, playing it out to the back to Rob Kiernan and Danny Wilson. Danny Wilson's good on the ball, but Rob Kiernan definitely isn't. 
compared to having Bruno Alves and Fabio Cardoso to pass the ball to. And they're much better on the ball. They can take it in, they can turn, give it to right back and left back. Whereas last season, Kieran and Wilson weren't quite so good at that. that so, that's a really interesting comparison because th- that is that sums it up, doesn't it? The, the, the difference between Wilson and Kieran and Alves and Cardoso. And I think Cardoso's still got a bit to go and it'll be interesting to see how he copes when, with, the, with the more physical pressures that he's bound to face as time goes on but in terms of quality on the ball huge difference and you see Morelos he's already two off Garner's goal tally for exactly. next for, for last season so there has been a significant increase in quality at Rangers and and that's already shown yeah definitely it's Matt, the difference from last season is I, I think the only place where you could say that Rangers possibly have downgraded so far is left wing and that's purely because they haven't replaced Barry McKay Josh Windass has started this season brilliantly, but he'll need to continue over the course of the season. I know a lot of Rangers fans aren't huge fans of Barry McKay for whatever reason. Personally, I thought he was a very underrated player at Rangers. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, so yeah, I would say everywhere else has has improved. The centre-backs have improved. Uh, obviously, we said Alves and Cardoso are a step up. In midfield, Ryan Jack and Dorrance are streaks ahead of Andy Halliday and Jason Holt. Candace out in the right is better than having Martin Wycorn cutting in on his left foot all day. <laughs> yeah, he really is setting the heather on fire so far. He's got a three-year contract, is that right? Yeah. Are we going to be looking at a situation where Rangers are going to have to start revisiting that fairly soon? Yeah. Because if he hits 30 goals, then there's going to be pressure to, to realise him as an asset at the end of the season. I don't want to be negative... But I think now might be the time to say, yeah. listen, we need to start thinking about getting this guy on a four or five year deal yeah, before it becomes extraordinarily expensive. Definitely, I think Rangers need to see how we, see if he continues this form up until Christmas time. Yeah. And over Christmas, over the winter break, sit down with him and his agent and get him tied down if he's continuing this form. Because the way he's going, there's, he'll easily hit 25, 30 goals this season. He just he always seems to be in the right position, and then I don't I still don't know how he scored that fourth goal at the weekend. I was terrible goalkeeping. That's <laughs> it was terrible goalkeeping, but I honestly thought it was an own goal. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. And anyone, nobody else would have taken that on. No, that showed that showed you the level of his confidence. But I yeah. think um, the statistics um, behind his goal scoring form, he has an incredible conversion rate. I don't know exactly what it is now after the last game. But it was three goals in Premier League from seven shots um, prior to the game. Um, I know he's got seven goals, but he scored two in the, the League Cup. Yeah. And the stats I was looking at was just the Premier League. So, and I don't think he missed a lot. He didn't miss any chances on 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 Saturday. So it goes to show his his quality of conversion yeah. is exceptional. He's got pace. He can go in behind, but also he's shown more and more that he can also do a bit of link play as well. I think at twenty, he's a He's a real talent. Yeah, for his size, his strength is unbelievable. Obviously, he's called El Buffalo, and he's proven why now because yeah. he's so strong. And watching that the Femlin game in the cup, he was up against two big centre backs. Obviously, Nat Wedderburn was there as well, and he held them off with ease. And they're both six foot four, six foot five centre backs, and he was completely comfortable with them. He's got that um, low centre of gravity. We've seen it in the really, really good quality players over the years, and obviously, he's not anywhere near that level, but. Being that short, stocky type, it means he can spin really, really fast, and I think it gives him the strength as well—the lower, the sort of upper body strength that he has. 
he can out-muscle defenders and he's got a bit of pace as well. So he's, he's got the complete package to make it work for, him, yeah, for I th- himself. I think he's got everything to go as far as he wants in the game, honestly. I've seen him so far. I think he could comfortably play in the Premier League. He's got the strength, a pace, ability to do it. He could go abroad to Spain where it's more technical. I think he's got everything to do whatever he wants to do. So we've been we've looked at the positives. Um, now I want to talk to you about the, what I see as the ne- or what I perceive as the negatives with Nico Ch- Cranchar's performance. Now I, I saw you, you, you. I know you're a fan of Nico Cranchar because I saw some comments on Twitter you made. But I feel that Nico, and I know he's been out for a long period with ACL, which is a really really serious injury, and, and actually prior to that was out at top level football for some time as well. So you have to give him some time to find the kind of fitness level he's going to need. But I think at the moment. To play in that left midfield role in a 4-4-2, for me, number one, he's given the ball away too many times. And number two, I just don't think he has the fitness. A lot of Rangers fans who watch the game will recall a brilliant moment from Cranchar. He did a sort of pirouette on the ball, a Zidane-style pirouette. It was a thing of beauty. <laughs> However, after it, I saw him bend over on the pitch, put his hands on his knees and gasp for air. And it was 20 minutes into the game. That is the kind of thing that you don't expect to see from a professional footballer at this level. Yeah, right now I would say he is a luxury that Rangers can't afford, um, especially playing left wing. He's just he's not got the pace, he's not got the fitness to do that anymore. Obviously, he did it for years at Tottenham. Yeah, but he's not he's not that player anymore. And I think if he plays for Rangers, he needs to come off the bench and he needs to play in a number ten. He can't play further back. I know Cassini spoke about him being his quarterback before, but he can't he can't sit further back because then all he does is get the ball and try to play Hollywood passes every time. Yeah. It's like watching Charlie Adam all over again. But he can't play left wing. He has to play as a number 10. And that's as simple as that. And he also can't start games anymore because, like you say, he's knackered after 20 minutes. And he'd be useful in games where teams come and sit and Rangers are struggling to break them down. Bring him on for the last 20 minutes, half an hour, and he will create something. Or if Rangers get a free kick, he will most likely put it in the top corner. Yeah. So he's definitely still a useful player to have about Ibrooks, but he can't be a first choice anymore. And he must he must be a positive influence on the youngsters because his technical skill set is sensational. We've seen that even in the short time that he's been at the club, he has shown that he has that bit of stardust about him. That bit of stardust that, you know, Rangers fans haven't really seen yeah. for the last X amount of years. So I definitely agree he's he, he's a player that can offer something and certainly should be offering stuff to the, the kids that are, that are that are watching them at the at the club. But I just don't see it, especially when Josh Windass came on and showed again what a potent player he can be if he's in the right mood. And I suppose with Windass, um, it's about capitalising on his quality and ensuring that he makes it last for 90 minutes because he, he's another one, like Morelos, if he can put his game together, he will be... A, a easily an English Premiership player. He's got he's got everything. Yeah, well, it's, it's just can he actually produce it over a period of time, and does he have the mentality to do so? Because he's got the skill set. Yeah, I think that's it. Windass's mentality is what will determine how far he goes in the game. Uh, also, last season he played centre midfield, and it's clear as day he was never a centre midfielder in his life. Whereas playing left wing, he gets a lot more freedom. He might not be in the game for ninety minutes, but when he gets the ball, he does. He always does something with it. He, he always tries to do something with it and I think if he can keep up his form so far that he's shown so far then Rangers won't miss Barry McKay they won't miss him out in the left wing it's when Windass is injured that's when 
might start to struggle. Obviously, it happened up in Ross County when Das wasn't involved. Cratchar played and it turned out all right for Rangers. But if, it's, if you're going into a game against Celtic, if you're going into a game against Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, you need your first choice 11 or at least somebody strong enough to come in for a win that's whereas Cratchers not just not got that. Declan John could provide some good backup, but we don't know that. Un- yet. Unknown quantity at the moment. Not seen anything from him yet. So the one thing I think that Barry Mackay offered um, that was crucial to the way Warburton teams played was that he dropped inside, whereas Windass is a player that likes to hug, hug the touchline. I think and go at players. Yeah. Although he can come inside as well, but what Mackay did was obviously had an exceptional ability to find passes and he would often thread balls through to, to Wallace and while we've seen Candeus and Tavernier have a great partnership on the right, on the left I feel like that's an aspect of the team that's slightly diminished because they don't have that same partnership yet, it'd be great to see Wallace and Windass dovetailing in that way that would add so much but I suppose that just comes with, it's going to come with time yeah, they've also played maybe three or four games together now. Yeah. And uh, also, I know Candace and Tavernier are the same, but they just seem to click right away. Whereas when both of those are experienced players as well, Windass is still, people forget he's still only 22, 23. He's still a young player, doesn't have that much experience at the top level. Uh, I think him and Wallace could link up well together, but I really think Wallace needs to step up his game himself. He just doesn't seem to have the same bursting runs in behind as he had over the last couple of seasons and that happened towards the end of last season as well where he really struggled to get involved as much and his crossing ability needs to improve as well Wallace I feel if he's to continue at left back for Rangers We've obviously been very positive about the performance but there's a huge game coming up I'm not talking about the two games against Partick Thistle after that obviously you've got Celtic do you see enough positives and enough sense that this team is, is starting to knit that you would have any kind of confidence for Rangers going into that game against Celtic Yeah, it's definitely still a long way to go before that happens I think Rangers could get a result against Celtic because it could happen any day but I don't think Rangers fans can go into it with too much confidence that this Rangers team will beat Celtic comfortably they'll, they'll even it's a hard one to judge because I think it all depends on on how Pedro Cassini sets up his team. I think if he goes into this Celtic game playing the 4-4-2 with Kenny Miller up front, Nico Cratcher on the left, then Rangers have no chance whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, that's You're playing with two men down at that stage. Especially, Kenny Miller's been a great servant for Rangers, but... He's off form. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's not... I think people tend to jump to conclusions with Kenny Miller. Yeah. And, you know, he's made a lot of people jump into conclusions in the last three or four years look quite stupid. Yeah. Because he, he turns it around. But at the moment, I wouldn't make any aspersions on his age or anything. I would just say he's just not cutting at the moment. He needs a rest. Yeah, he needs a couple of games out of the team. My question for you is, is the game that finished the Dundee... Is the side that finished the Dundee game, is that Kashina's first eleven? Potentially for the Celtic game, Windass on the left, Penny up uh, in the sort of hole between the strikers and the, the midfield. I think if you asked me this question in a couple of months, I would say yes. With when Penny gets fully up to speed, right now I don't think it is. I think Ryan Jack needs a bit more solid defence. Somebody more solid in the sitting role with him. I think Roster has to play against Celtic. I know he hasn't played much this season, and he's going to be rusty after so long out, which is why. If I was Pedro Cusinha, I would play him either on Friday night or Tuesday night, get him some game time uh, before Celtic, because Jack has been very good 
Dorrance hasn't been as good as what Rangers fans would have expected of him after a start. So I think Jack needs somebody in there beside him that's going to help him defensively, which he'll run. He'll, Jordan Roster will run all day for you. And you can move Dorrance further forward into where Carlos Pena finished the game on Saturday. And then you've got, obviously got Windass wide on the left, and I think that is the sort of formation that Rangers need to go with. Can I have a stab on Dorrance, just trying to explain how I see his perceived mixed bag of a performance start to the season. I think in a 4-4-2, where it's him and Jack as the sort of the main fulcrum of that, that midfield, they're often coming against three players. And I think the idea would be that Jack holds and Doran pushes forward. I think that's what we all thought would happen. But I think with the, the full-backs attacking, and the wingers both being quite attack-minded, I think Jack... And Dorans, they almost have to be kind of sitters, and that's not really playing into Doran's game. But I think if he started pushing forward, you would get a three v one in the middle. Um, so I think he's probably sacrificing himself a little bit for the team. And I think until he plays in the number ten role, I don't think you're going to see that aspect of his his skill set coming out, which is that he can be a creator. Definitely agree, and I also think Doran suffers from the same sort of problem that Steve Davis, Barry Ferguson. And Pedro Mendes also offered at Rangers in the sense that they're probably a step above a lot of the other players. And especially Davis. Davis was expected to be the main man at Rangers. Whereas you see him down south at Southampton, he's the guy that gets the ball, gives it to likes of Tadic, etc. to create stuff. Whereas at Rangers he was expected to be the man that did the creating. And understandably he was the best player at the club at the time. He didn't show it enough in my personal opinion, but yeah, I think Doran suffers from the same problem as him, whereas Jack, people weren't expecting him to be as good as what he has been so far for Rangers, so I think that might push, might cause more criticism for Dorans as well, because Jack's playing so well, whereas Dorans was expected to be that guy that played so well. Yeah, absolutely, I think you're right there. Moving on, we're going to discuss the under-20s. You've written a piece today in the in the records, on the online, looking at the players that are potentially going to be playing against uh, the under-20s for Rangers in the in upcoming games and it looks like some tantalising talent in there. What's your take on how this experiment is working so far, playing up against these teams from far-flung cl- climbs? I'm still not entirely sure whether the games programme is a good idea. It's like, you could argue that they are just glorified friendlies and that clubs aren't going to... Like obviously, Man City, unless they're the next two games, they've got the Premier League 2 to focus on down in England, so they might not send up their best players. Uh, Brighton as well. Brighton set up an under-19 squad last night, beat Rangers 2-1. Obviously it was a very young Rangers team, because like I said, Miles Beerman, Aidan Wilson, Liam Burt, they were all injured, so they didn't. They weren't involved. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm still a bit wary on whether it will work for Rangers, because also I think the other teams have other things to focus on, whereas Rangers, this is their main focus this season. Obviously they've got the Youth Cup and all the rest of it, but not playing in the development league in Scotland, I think, is a bit of a problem. So I'm not. I'm still not entirely sure whether it is a good idea or not for them. Based on what you've seen, who are the young players that maybe Rangers fans haven't heard of if they're not following it closely that you think have a have a chance to come into this first team at some point? Obviously, everyone's heard of. Well, not everyone, but most Rangers fans will have heard of Jamie Barjonis. Uh, he scored again last night. He scored in the last game against Feyenoord as well. Uh, so that's two goals for him from midfield. He, by all accounts, he's been very impressive in both games. 
uh, knocks the ball about. Well, he showed it for the first team last season as well. He he's excellent against St Johnson yeah, in particular, wasn't he? He's got an incredible range of passing for his age. Uh, I think he's guaranteed to make some first team appearances this season. Uh, he played alongside Cammy Palmer last night, who most Rangers fans won't have heard of, but he was also very good in that midfield role. Uh, Rangers lined up quite similar last night, 4 4 2 as the first team. Uh, Zach Rudden played up front with Ryan Hardy. Uh, so is it, yeah, Zach Rudden's an interesting one because he's a big bustling striker, yeah. isn't he? And I can't remember the last time we had a big bustling, strong Scottish striker come through within Scottish football. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one because he's not the kind of player you'd expect to come through, especially in recent years. You, you haven't seen anyone like him because uh, he's quite good on the ball as well. People look at his size and just expect him to be a big target man, but he is good on the ball and he's a good finisher. He's still very young as well. I think he was playing for Scotland under 17s recently. Uh, so, yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting one as well. I'm not sure if he's quite ready for first team football anytime soon, but he is an interesting player to watch. And Hardy? And again, Hardy, I think he need, he could do it another loan spell further up the leagues. Uh, I think Hardy's got finishing ability to make it a Rangers, but he's still so slight and. He needs to work on his upper yeah, body strength, doesn't he? Yeah. I just wonder if he's becoming one of these players that falls into that gap in Scottish football where they need first-team exposure between the ages of 18 and 21 to fully develop. Yeah. And he's sort of had it in fits and starts, but he's, still, he's played a lot of this kind of tippy-tappy, you know, uh, development football and not enough man's football. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was really impressive in his first loan spell at Wraith Rovers. It wasn't quite so good last year at St Martin or Wraith Rovers' second team. Uh, but... Like you say, his finishing ability is up there with the best I've seen in Scotland. Uh, he showed that in his, I don't think it was his Rangers debut, but his first start when he scored twice against Dumbarton. He was very good that day. Uh, but like I said, I think he needs another loan spell, maybe lower end of the Premiership. But the clubs aren't going to take a chance on him either when, until he's really started to prove himself. We had uh, an interview that came out onto the Rangers website with um, Craig Mulholland looking at all aspects of the youth development system at at Ibrox and one of the things that caught my eye being a bit of a tactical geek was the the fact that they're moving to this tactical periodisation system that Pedro Cushina has brought in. Do you think that's something they've done to create a pathway with up to the first team so that if you have say a young left back like Miles Beerman who's brought into the first team it's easier for him to adapt is that why they're doing it or do you think there's a broader Thing behind it. No, I think that's definitely why they're doing it. I think Rangers right now need to work on an identity for how the club is going forward, which is why Mark Allen will have been brought in. It's what Cushinho will look to do. Warburton tried to do something quite similar where every youth team played 4-3-3 right the way through so that if a player got injured you could just pick from the team below you, put them in and it would be fine. Uh, so I think that is definitely something Rangers need to do. Uh, I think Celtic show that that's how they do it. If you look at Tierney moved inside one against Kilmarnock a few weeks ago. Callum Muller stepped right in and was hugely impressive as well. Uh, and they do that with positions right through the right through the club. Obviously, striking the Celtic don't quite have that yet, but that style is what Rangers need to develop themselves. Celtic seem to have this identity of what their players are like, whereas right now I don't think Rangers do with their youths. He did. He did talk about this in the interview, didn't he? He talked about we now know what a Rangers player looks like. They they had a they've got a document with all the yeah. individual aspects that a player needs to be a Rangers player. Presumably, a lot of that's mentality as much as anything else. 
But I thought that was really interesting. I know that that's been something that, that a lot of the big clubs down south have, have, have focused on, the right type of character to fit with the culture of the club, because it is one thing being a youth player at Hibs or Cowdenbeath um, or even Rangers and being someone at, say, Man City or Yeovil. Every club has its own identity and its own expectations and it's all different and different players will thrive in different environments. So I think it's important that people recognise that. Yeah, uh, I think Rangers need to look more at their use because obviously that's the style, that's what, it's the only way that clubs will develop now. Rangers, Celtic, don't have the money to splash the cast like PSG signing Neymar for 200 million and even players like Mbappe for another 150 million. Don't even have the money to go down south and pay five, six million for a player. Like, for example, Patrick Roberts was saying for Man City for, was it eight million rising to 12 million, something like that. And, Rangers Celtic just don't have the money to do that for their young players, so they need to develop their youth, youth structures at these two clubs are what is needed most. Bring players through, sell them on to England for four or five million at a time, and that's the only way that the clubs will develop in the future. Yeah, because this is one of the big bugbears I have with people who are against the director of football uh, role, and, and specifically at Rangers and Celtic. For me... The lack of quality coming through at Rangers, specifically Rangers, has been appalling over the last 20 years. And there was a good spell, I think, where you had Chris Burke and Charlie Adam and Alan McGregor coming through all together. Um, but that apart, and especially over the last wee while when you would think that coming through the league should have more opportunity to blood youngsters and, and really develop players... Apart from maybe Barry Mackay and uh, Lewis McLeod, it's, it's, it's been so poor, hasn't it? Yeah, I think even Alan McCoyster was really criticised for not bringing through enough youth, but you look at the players that were there at the time now, they're not doing it anywhere. Look at Gasparotto's at Falkirk, he's struggling for games. Then McCoyst was criticised for not giving him more game time ahead of likes of Emilson Cribari and all the rest of it. Andy Murdoch's another one. Uh, maybe the only one from that time that you would say was a missed opportunity was Kane Hemmings, yeah. who... Is doing reasonably well down south and, and had obviously a great spell in the SPL. But then again, Hemmings has just went out on loan to Mansfield in League yeah. Two, so is that good enough to play for Rangers in the top top level? Uh, I think one of the ones that has missed out is Lewis Morgan at St Martin, who left Rangers at the time. He's been so impressive for St Martin this season, but again, that could be down to first team football. He's getting a lot more of that at St Martin than he ever would at Rangers. So that, yeah, there's definitely some changes needed within the youth structure and within the general structure at Ibrox but uh, if they want to continue improving and bringing through talent because there's just not enough coming through Yeah and th- th- it seems like that Mark Allen is going to be central you talked about there about uh, being joined up and it seems like since he's arrived you know we've had this interview which was wide ranging about, about the things that are already going on with his experience at Man City you can only imagine that he's going to add an incredible, an incredible amount of experience and expertise to, to what Rangers can put together on this this front because he's been at one of the biggest clubs in the world, in charge of the academy. So to have someone like that must be a great resource for Craig Mulholland. It'll be interesting actually to see what Mark Allen makes of this, as you say, this this new system of playing against, of taking of taking the club out of the the Scottish League and playing against uh, teams from all over the world. Yeah, Man-, Man City have a fantastic academy down there at the Etihad. Uh, so for Mark Allen to leave that, come up to Glasgow, it's a major boost for Rangers. It's something that was needed as well. Uh, 
I know there was, there was talk of plenty of different director of footballs coming from Southampton, Huddersfield, all the rest of it, but Mark Allen looks like, on paper, Mark Allen is a major coup for Rangers. And if he can get what get his ideas going and get what he wants to do with the club in place, then it will be a massive boost for Pedro Cachinha and whoever follows him. OK, Mark, just before we go, we'll just quickly take a look at the Partick Thistle game upcoming. Obviously, you've got the game on Friday night, followed very quickly by another game at Firhill on Tuesday in the League Cup. What's your take on Partick Thistle so far this season? They were in the top six last year and they've had a bit of a nightmare this this time. I think they're notoriously slow starters, aren't they? And it took them quite a while to get going last season as well and then ended up in the top six. Uh, obviously, they were really unlucky against Aberdeen to lose that game, but that's been their problem since they got back into the Premiership is conceding late goals. Uh, Thomas Cherney's a brilliant goalkeeper. He's injured again now, so... He'll be a big loss for them on Friday night if he if he doesn't make it back in time. Uh, but yeah, that's been their major problem is conceding late goals. They just don't seem to be able to focus for ninety minutes. They've lost some key players as well, haven't they? Losing Liam Lindsay, that was not one that a club like Park Thistle can really recover for like for like in terms of bringing quality in. Yeah, Lindsay's a big loss for them. Also, they brought in uh, Neil Keown from Reading, who's who looks a good player, and uh, Turnbull as well uh, on loan from Coventry. And, he started the, started the season well, I think. Uh, but yeah, the f- losing Lindsay was a major blow for them because he was he's a future Scotland centre back without a doubt. Yeah, I think um, actually I thought at the time that that was at that price Rangers should have maybe thought about Liam Lindsay in the in the summer. Definitely. Uh, what was it again? Was four hundred and fifty grand yeah, something? That should have been snapped up by Rangers and Celtic uh, to go down south for that sort of money. It's a bargain for Barnsley. So how do you see the game panning out? Because it's always, it's always a difficult yeah. ground. You saw that last season at the end, you know, the, the wild celebrations, <laughs> because Thistle had played well and frustrated Rangers for large spells in that game. Yeah, you just never know what part of Thistle is going to turn up against any team. But last season, both times against Rangers at Far Hill, they were brilliant. They, they were, well, up until the last 10 minutes, they were brilliant. They were, uh, Alan Archibald sets his team up really well. Uh, they're determined obviously Chris Dillon up front they've got a goal scorer Mel Story added into the team as well so it, honestly it's, it's hard to tell which part of this will turn up but I think it'll be another struggle for Rangers not struggle but they will have to work hard to break part of this down yeah absolutely I mean that's the thing I suppose that is very important when you're coming to Rangers is to understand that not only will players play at their absolute very best against you um, but it's likely that the teams that you're playing against are going to be really well organised, really drilled, play really deep and hit you on the counter-attack, so you've got to have the right mentality. Yeah, against Rangers and Celtic it's their cup finals basically, and right now they see Rangers more as a chance of getting points and getting the win, whereas probably a bit more of a fear factor against Celtic. So every game for Rangers is going to be a struggle to break teams down because teams will sit in, they will work hard, work harder than they work in any other game in the season and that's the sort of thing that Rangers are just going to need to get used to over the next couple of seasons And what do you think about Friday night games? I mean, do you think this this is great for the fans? Yeah. or or I, I, I love them as long as they're in their local games I don't think you should be sending Rangers fans up to Inverness Celtic fans up to Aberdeen or the other way about on a Friday night that's just absolutely bonkers but if, like last week Celtic were in Hamilton which was quite close Rangers at Paddy Thistle. It's nice 
keep it close, keep it friend, friendly, friendly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it works, but I don't think you can send clubs, send fans across the country on a Friday night to watch their team. Yeah, no, I'd absolutely agree with that. But I mean, generally speaking, to fans, they, they seem to enjoy it. The opportunity, you know, you finish your work, you go out for a couple of pints, you go for the game. Exactly. The fans certainly seem happy with it. Okay, that's all from us this week. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can get me on Twitter at Johnny R McFarlane, and Mark is certainly on there too because he gives me enough abuse. What's your Twitter handle, Mark? It's uh, at McDougall1994. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us there too. Thanks for listening.